Yeah, how's it been with Sano this week, guys? I'm always incredibly blessed every time I hear him speak and every time he's around. He just has so much wisdom. Yeah. And, um, huh? Mark, would you mind coming up and praying for him? Yeah, Mark. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Dear Lord Father, thank you for Sano. Um, just pray, God, today, Lord, you just give him the, us the power to speak, and that the words he speak will be from you, God, and yeah, God, that he will um, just yeah rock us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Yeah, yeah, Mark, step out, brother. Step out. All right, man, it has been a crazy week. <laughs> Twist of the turn, seeking the Lord. We've just been going off, you know, asking God step by step, moment by moment, what to do. And yeah, it's been it's been awesome. <laughs> yeah, and so we're gonna continue on doing that. And um, as we were praying this morning, uh, we felt like we are supposed to respond to um, yeah, the awesome word that David Damien gave. I felt like Jesus came in the room. And like slapped me in the face, fear the Lord, in like the most loving way, of course. And I was like, oh, I was like, yes. And I left that time with just such a sense of reverence, but yet it wasn't like heavy in a sense, you know, like where like I felt like so sinful and like, oh, I, I felt hopeless. But there was something so deep about the conviction, so clear about the conviction that gave me life, you know. Like I know when he called us to hit the floor, like, yo. I, I've never seen so many people hit the floor that quickly. Like, I thought I hit it quickly, and I realized, like, everyone had beat me down there, so I didn't have any room <laughs> to sit down. To sit down. <laughs> but yeah, as, and the Lord just convicted me so clearly about so many things. I mean, in specific, bam, 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 just listening to these things all. Yeah, it was just, what an incredible word. Yet, at the same time, like, the enemy will try to do anything to plant lies, to try to bring confusion. And so we wanted to have a, a Q&A time about what exactly the fear of the Lord is. We want to make this more question heavy rather than our, our own personal opinions and statements. So more about questions that you had. And also maybe many of you have never heard a prophetic word like that, that that's, that's for the globe, you know, from a statesman of like David Damien himself. And so there's often at times we can take... Yeah, we just have to peel it apart and listen to the spirit behind it, you know? Because the most amazing thing about last night's word was that it wasn't necessarily articulated so well or, you know, communicated in the most efficient way. But there was something of the spirit behind it, right, that, like, spoke so clearly to us, right? Like, sometimes I was like, where is he going with this? But then, like, my spirit was like, yes, 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 you know what I mean? Like, and um, so... Because of last night's message, we just want to have like uh, a time of question and answer. And I'll invite my wise friend, Dan Bauman, up. And then we'll do the same format as last time. Hey, Ryan, can we get another mic, please? There you go. Take the good chair, brother. Yeah, so we really want to make this very questions-focused, right? Like, so if you have questions, particularly, I know Eunice came up to me and she was asking me a few questions and then some others don't quite know what the fear of the Lord is exactly. And so feel free to ask whatever you, whatever you choose.
Feel free to ask questions if you're not usually one who asks questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That means you, Mark. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Things, okay. Um, the word last night really, it really hit me, and I was like, yeah, like my spirit was doing the same thing. I was like, yeah, this is so true. But um, I was, the one part though that he was saying about how, like, the grace was going to be removed, um, that wasn't. I kind of don't like. That's not God's character. So, do you know what I mean? So I wasn't. I was kind of confused, and I was talking to other people about it, and that doesn't sound, I'm not saying he was wrong, I'm just, maybe I didn't hear it right or something, maybe he meant it a different way, I just, yeah. that one part is the only thing that stuck out to me, and I was like, that doesn't sound yeah. like God. Yeah. Do you know what you I mean? That yeah, um, again, my comments, uh, yeah, it's my comments, so I could be wrong. Yeah, I'll just share my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, excellent observation, right? What was the word that was overemphasized last week by Dave in terms of studying the Bible? So in other words, bring that into the word there, right? Context. So what you got to do in that kind of a moment is bring in the character of God. And all of us should be a little bit wait a minute, you know, based on the character of God, no, he's not going to release, remove his grace, you know? And so I could be totally wrong, but for me, um, one, this guy spends his life in private prayer, intercession, that's who he is, you know? So out of that, he gets a ton of words, a ton of words, right? So as he proclaims it last night, yeah, what's God's heart in it? What's the Spirit saying? Could there be statements in there that might not be, might maybe is something that you need to sit down with him privately to really get the meaning meaning, right? Because, yeah, that's what I felt he had communicated as well, that the grace of God's going to be removed like next year or something. Um, did you guys hear that as well? Okay, well, I just, yeah, again, you know, I just want to release you from feeling any heaviness over that. Because, yeah, God's grace is only going to increase, you know? And so I don't know what he meant by that, so I in no way, there's nothing negative towards him or what he said in that moment. But, yeah, um, I think it's just really good observation to say, wait a minute, you know? And I think another important thing is that at that kind of moment, don't allow that one moment, especially when there's a time frame put on it, don't allow that check in your spirit to dismiss everything else. Because it was about 98%, 99%, just, man, you know, I want everything he's saying. That one thing, that one comment with the time thing, yeah, you know, if, if you want to believe it, yeah, that's between you and the Lord. <laughs> but in my spirit, <laughs> yeah. You know, but every but I quickly don't make it a big deal. I'm like, okay, I leave it. You know, I leave it. 
and then I go back to what he, what you know, other things he said, and yeah, just so much healthiness came. Yeah. Um, when I think of the times we're shifting into, I think of the parable that Jesus told about the man who owned a field, and then his enemy comes and plants the weeds in his field, and then. The servants come and say to him, hey, what should we do? Should we tear out the weeds that the enemy has planted? He says, no, 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 no. Let them grow parallel. And then when the time has come, I will separate the wheat from the shaft. And I think we're shifting into a time when evil will abound more. Like there's a plummeting morality. But yet, as it says in Romans, when evil abounds, grace abounds all the more. And so I, th I would say that, yeah, we're moving into a time when God is definitely weeding out mediocrity. And I think that might be a challenge for many of us to, to pursue God in, in, in a much harder way, you know? Because especially the message that's kind of taking over the globe right now is this intimacy and this prayer, which is awesome. But on the flip side of that coin, you always have to remember to, f to fear the Lord. There is a terror in serving God, you know? This, the God who breathes stars out of his mouth, you know, like the one of infinite power. And, um... Yeah, so I would say that in the pursuit of holiness and in the pursuit to make yourself so upright before the Lord, our uprightness comes from, it's birthed out of a place of grace because we can't do it on our own. Yeah. And I think when, what Dan said about context is so right too, we were talking about this this morning, is that he's also Egyptian. Yeah. Even though he's lived in Canada for 20 years, he grew up as a Greek Orthodox. Um, if, you, if you know some of his story. And the men of God that we know in, in Cairo and, or in, in Egypt, even, and they are men of God, really have a heavy emphasis on the fear of the Lord as well. It's just a different context that he's speaking from. So that's something also to keep in mind when you're hearing this. Can I make a comment too? Um, like something, something that I noticed is that there's a, there's a confusion in the body of Christ. Um, we, we confuse the word grace with mercy. Um, and God's grace is not God's mercy. There's two separate things. You know, the mercy of God is there. Um, but I think the very definition of grace is a supernatural outpouring of something to, to make an availability of something in a certain time. You know? And uh, that God does lavish his grace upon us. But there are certain times and certain seasons where a certain grace is available that is not always available. You know? That the Lord requires and asks us to step out in something. You know, because he won't sit and ask the same thing forever and ever and ever. And I think that's what the guy was leaning a lot more towards, and like God, removing a, like, a chance for us to like come back to him or something like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that my question is because that statement that he made was directly followed by the statement. He, I, I don't know if he was correcting himself or not, so that's why I'm asking this. Is the is the favor of the Lord the same as the grace of the Lord? Because right after he did say the grace of the Lord was being removed, he, all, he then followed it with the fa a time of the favor of the Lord is decreasing or something like that. Like is, so is the favor of the Lord and the grace of the Lord the same thing? I just, I'm confused. I don't know. People use... <laughs> I don't think there's a definition for some of these words. I, I, I think yeah. people use it in different contexts all the time. Okay, yeah. I, I, I'm, that's, it's just confusing me because my understanding yeah. of, of the favor of the Lord would be more of a time of anointing and more of a time of availability and the grace of the Lord. I, I don't know. I just Maybe there's too much play on semantics here. Yeah, I think, I think that might be. Well, I think, again, I think what would be 
You know, again, as a someone listening to someone, you really give them the benefit of the doubt, so to speak. In other words, you know, on those maybe couple of points, we, you know, wouldn't it be awesome to sit down with him and to really ask him, what do you, you really mean by that? And I'm sure you're going to hear a beautiful answer, you know, an answer that will really register with your heart maybe more than what you felt you heard. Does that make sense? Yeah, I have a question. Like yesterday he said it was really serious, like what we were doing, but I I didn't feel the serious feeling at all. I just felt peace and joy. Um, and like when you were lying in front of God, I was like, God, you know you already have my heart because we already surrender it all like in our DTS. We had about this and I don't know. I just, you always want to live 100% for God. So, and he's our king. Like, so I didn't really get the new message going on. And I also questions like since, like is that unnormal? That's like the first. And the second is more, like he's one person from Canada, and I'm not saying that he's wrong or not, but when every, every time people prophesy, like I think I'm from Norway, which is so far away from here, and all the prophecies here I've never heard about, right? And people prophesy in Canada and everywhere else. Sometimes I think it's like more like it makes me kind of scared, like all the prophecies that's walking around on earth, like everything everyone hears from the Lord. I'm like, God, just give me a piece of peace feeling, and I'll just walk with you. Just have oil on my lamp. What can I do? Like, So what's your comment to that? Like, He said it was entire Canada, but still Canada is just a small part of the entire world. What's the question? Like, What do you think about <laughs> his prophecies? Is it true? Like, He's one man, or his ministers in Canada is like one country? Like... Should we like take everything seriously, or should we just put oil on our lamps? Because because when I woke to, woke up today, I was like, yeah, I wish I was more touched by what happened yesterday. But I'm more like, I'll have oil on my lamp. I'll, I'll go 100% for Jesus. Yeah. Like that. I didn't feel it was nothing. I didn't feel it was something new coming up yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I. Uh... <laughs> I kind of uh, agree with you. You know, I was in the same boat. Um, I, I don't know. What do you do when you hear big blanket prophecies? You know, you know about what God's doing on the earth and what God's gonna do, especially when they put a time frame on it. I think it's healthy to ask the Lord, "What does this mean for me?" And then it's really healthy to get with your friends and talk, like we're doing right now. I just think it's super healthy, you know, because God has been with us for months and he will be with us, you know, and he's moving us as a group of people. And in that, he's going to let people know and us know what he's up to, what he's thinking, where he's going. Um, And yeah, sometimes with those big statements of what God's doing on the earth, what I like to do is I'll say, okay, God, however this is to affect my daily life, show me. And most likely, it won't be anything at the moment, you know? And so what I do is I put it, I have this little box in the back of my head. It's called the mystery of God box, the sovereignty of God box. And I don't want to discount it, because yeah, it could be the Lord. 
So I throw it in there. I'm like, God, if there's a lot of truth in that that I need to walk out and, and understand and walk into, show me. Bring it back up. Bring it back up. But I, I don't feel like any major deal to dwell on it now. Because this is what you've put before me, God, and I know you've put these things before me in my life, and that's what I want to dwell on, not get confused or overwhelmed or freaked out about this one comment, you know? And so I put it in this mystery of God, but I don't discount it, but I just say, Jesus, help me or bring it back to my attention if it's true and how it applies. And yeah, and then you just go on with your life. So, yeah, you don't discount it, but you don't let it freak you out. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a question? You can go first. Okay. Um, at one point, I think he was talking about, like, fractions in the church, and he was talking about unity and everything like that and us becoming one body. But I was, like, kind of confused what that meant practically. Like, is he saying that, all the denominations should like come together and there I don't think it was a a matter of logistics I think it was a matter not like okay we have to all get all of our doctrines lined up so then we can break all these denominational lines and we'll just make one denomination Jesus Christ you know I don't think that's what he's saying I think he was saying more that it's a, it's a matter of the heart there'll be different relationships that are formed there'll be I think we're seeing a unity beginning in the body of Christ that has never touched this planet before ever through the call to all. I mean, they have major denominations who are not breaking out of their denominations or their theology, but they're saying, hey, let's, let's look at the bigger picture of the Great Commission and let's come together. Yeah. I mean, back to your comment, Elizabeth. Uh, I just remembered Lauren Cunningham was had a word of the Lord that the Berlin Wall would come down, and he spoke it in Germany, I believe it was 1988, before it came down to 11,000 people. <laughs> and so many German Christians were so mad at him, like, how can you say that word of prophecy? That is just too close to our heart and so not going to happen. And, you know, just all that. And, he's like, and he humbly just said, I had to obey the Lord, you know? And then it happened, you know? So, yeah, I just think, anyway, it can happen. It can happen that comments are made. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of relevant, I think, to what Elizabeth's saying. But I was just thinking of all the prophets that are in the Bible um, that prophesied over Israel and other cities and different things. Is there any besides Revelation prophecy over the entire world in the Bible? That makes sense. You mean about end times and stuff? Is that what you're saying? No, not necessarily end times, mm -hmm. but like a, like we're talking about general blanket prophecy over the whole world. Uh, say Matthew 24 when Jesus prophesies and talks about what's to come. I'm talking about like the prophets. Oh. I don't know. It's just kind of a quick thought. This is more just a comment and something I really got out of last night when he was talking about the church coming together 
not just out of like disaster that like the that Satan has like provoked like has has caused to happen that's why the church is coming together it's just the church is coming together like to be one step ahead of that and just like God stepping in and yeah taking over more Um, there was a question about God's grace and his mercy and, um, and that being removed. And it, it just brought to mind um, several scriptures as well as um, just if we look back in history, you know, God has different ways of um, dealing with man, of, of presenting himself or otherwise dispensing himself to man. And um, before the law, there was, there was one way in the Garden of Eden, then there was another way with the patriarchs, and then there was another way with the nation Israel. And in each of those, God afforded so much mercy, so much mercy. Um, the time of the law was not a time of grace, but a time of still mercy. God's mercy still abounded. They continued to turn from him, and he was still merciful, and he would, you know, to an extent, and he was still merciful, and, and, um, but but there was no there was no um, there was no margin for error in in not following the law, um, and when Christ came, I, I don't know the scriptures, but it, it's he brought in a time of mercy. So now now God deals with man with abundant um, with abundant I mean a time of grace, and now He deals with man in abundant grace, and it's free for the taking. And I think that's why it's so important now that we we just you know receive and receive and receive and and, and just get to know Him and know his, his mercy because, um, I mean, his grace, because it's not going to flow like it does now in the end times. Um, revelation is evident of that. Um, like, it, you know, it says that he will judge, and, and it tells of the different trumpets and stuff and all these judgments that are coming. And then at the end, um, particularly in uh, chapter 9, it says, but even after all these judgments, man still did not repent. He, he wants to show them grace, but they need to repent first. Uh, I mean, he wants to show them mercy, but they need to repent first. And here he's given us grace in that. Um, but it's just another line of how um, God shows himself. And then the next page says there's an earthquake and 7,000 people were killed in, in the earthquake. And the rest were terrified and gave glory to God in heaven. So, I mean, in that case, it happened, you know. It worked. And, yeah, that's just what came to me. Hey, man, can we stick to questions from last night? Yeah. Yeah. Can we just do that? Is that good? Yeah. Um. I was just gonna say, there's a, I'd say there's a, there's a danger in taking a word of the Lord and trying to apply it to your understanding. Because um, what you end up doing with the word of the Lord is you take it, and we start pulling it down into all of our experiences, all of our understanding of the Bible, all, all of our understanding of the, you know, the world, and all of those things are limited. So I mean, you know, what we want is again like Bauman and and Senator are saying, we, you know, we want you guys to ask questions. Um, if there's confusion in your hearts. Um, if, if anything, if, there, if, there, if you just don't know what to do with it, take it and just ponder it in your heart. You know, the Lord will reveal to you what needs to be revealed, like Dan was saying. 
you know, that ultimately needs to be the, the thing that we do with that word. I have a question about like prophecy in general. Like, I know there's a lot of Old Testament prophets and stuff, but then, like in Matthew, they said there'll be a lot of um, fake prophets, and they'll appear and perform great signs and miracles. And I know, like you guys have been saying, we have to like take it to God or like try to figure if it lines with the scripture. But I think it's sometimes it's hard to test it to scripture because like. A lot of stuff in scripture is like, we won't know the dates or times, and I don't know, I'm just like kind of confused. What is, what is the point of prophecy, and like when does it get to the point where we're just getting like everything under the sun, like all these prophecies from everywhere where we can't like even determine what's true and what's a fake prophecy? I, it's a great question. Um, <laughs> I don't know either. Um, yeah, I mean, are you talking more on a personal level, like a prophecy over your own life, or a big prophecy about what God's going to do on the earth? Or I guess maybe just... Like, what exactly is prophecy and what's the purpose of it? Like, because I understand it's like, is it, I, like, my idea of it is, is like foretelling the future, but is it, the point of it is to, it's supposed to edify the church, but is it to serve as a warning or, like, I guess I'm kind of confused exactly what prophecy is and, like, what it's meant for. First Corinthians 14, well, you can read that. I think uh, John talked about it this morning. And, um, yeah, it's to edify the body. I think a lot of these people get global words of warning and, and of judgment, but... Wait, I don't understand the question exactly. What is prophecy? I guess when you hear from the Lord and you speak it out. No. Do you have any other way to define it? No, I think, yeah, I think it should be that general, you know? It's just, yeah, what is God saying? And you speak it out. And um, again, you know, always running everything through a grid of love. You know, what's the most loving? Um, that's where I think a lot of times a word of prophecy shouldn't be said because it's not done in a loving way or, in a, you know, with love there. And, um, you know, any word of prophecy that comes, we need to test it in our own heart, like last night. Like, God, what are you saying? God, what are you doing? You know, God, help me understand. You're always running that through the Lord. And then I think if there are words of prophecy that, yeah, just totally don't make sense or freak you out or really don't bring the fruit of the Spirit in your heart, yeah, just throw it in the mystery of God box and say, okay, God, I'm not going to let this freak, I'm not going to let this run my life. Right here. 
Because I think that's where the challenge is, is when prophecies start to run our life. And you have a whole movement in the body of Christ where there's so many Christians who want to go to the next conference and go to the next place to get the next prophecy and the next thing. And I'm like, uh, it's all okay, but... I mean, walking with Jesus is so good. Like, you know, it's like Jesus is so much better than a thousand words of prophecy, you know? And, um, yeah, and so that's where they're meant to edify and encourage, but in no way is it supposed to take away from the all-encompassing beauty of enjoying God every day. What, what do you guys think our roles are in fulfilling prophecy? So if there's prophecy spoken like over this, over the globe, or spoken over our life, if we know that, it's like, oh, I, I see you as a pastor. You know, like what is now our role in walking that out? Is it our role to fulfill that, or are we going to walk out in that whether we take the steps or not, just walking with the Lord? I don't think there's a black and white answer for that. I think, as you, because I've had lots of prophecies, and I get it, and sometimes I pursue it because I, I feel like that's right in that season. But then sometimes I just follow the Lord step by step, knowing that He's more committed to my life than even than I than even I am. And but when I get there, oh yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, they spoke that, and then it confirmed it. You know what I mean? Like, and a lot of the times, the we can't hang on prophecy more than the character of God. You know what I mean? And the way that we're following Him. You know, I think we're coming to a time and a place where people love, it's almost like spiritual prostitution in a sense. Like you go to the next place, the next place, the next place to get the next good feeling about yourself and the word of the Lord. Like I even went to this one prophetic meeting in Atlanta. They were dead on, but it was like, it was weird. They had, you had to get an appointment and then they would take you to this like room in the back and then you like close this like curtain and and you could see, uh, and as I was talking to some of the leaders there, they're like, yeah, some people just come here all the time just to get a word. And in the pursuit of getting a word, they don't pursue their destiny, you know? See, the prophecies always come along to serve us. They don't come to, so we just connect the dots and we follow, we follow the prophecies, you know what I'm saying? Uh, does that help? Can prophecy ever come from the enemy? Like, because you hear stories about people saying, like, they saw someone dying and then they died. Or, like, I've heard someone saying, like, they had a dream about, like, 9-11 before it happened. And, like, when you get those, like, big prophecies, like, sometimes, like, you don't know what to do with it if it is really big or, like, I don't know. I'm just, like, yeah, how do you discern if something's a prophecy, if you just have a dream about something or... But it's true, but it happens. Like, because the enemy can try to act like the angel of light, and like, like maybe this is going off topic, but like black magic and white magic, like they can, some people can perform healings, but it seems like it's from God, but it's not. And so, like prophecy, like, can the devil use that? I, I know no, I, I, I totally I like, understand your question. Like, Chris Angel, right? So 
So he's like, <laughs> you do, does everyone know who Chris Angel is? He's like, he's like a magician in Las Vegas, and he just does some insane, insane things, right? But, <laughs> and some people say it's not real, some people don't, I don't know. But I would say there, there is a tapping into something of the spirit. I mean, and, and there was the same back in, all throughout the scriptures, even in Ephesus, you know, the way that they sacrificed certain things. And I mean, there's definitely some type of spiritual power. I mean, it's not stronger than the Lord, and it doesn't align with the character of God, and it, it's not rooted in love, you know? And so I would say there's power, but it's nothing to be afraid of. As John told us this week, like, you have full authority over that. Like, I, I remember there was this, there was this, uh, I remember I was telling you about the reconciliation team in, in Fiji, and they were seeing all kinds of crazy moves of God. So, like, the pastor was telling me a story of how when he went in there, he started rebuking these demonic forces, and this woman literally started flying like a bird, like, off the ground and, like, trying to get out of the house. But then he was just, like, in Jesus' name, and she just, like, like flying, and she fell off the ground. Yeah, and, and so there was some type of, quote, unquote, power, you know what I mean? But that's yeah, nothing compared to the Lord. <laughs> Like, you got God, if you want to get pictorial, there's God and his character, and then there's God and his character in relation to my life, his commitment to my life, my calling, my life with him, and then there's whatever happens, like, you know, so like, yeah, like, if there's a radical word of prophecy, yeah, it's here. It's, it's not going to change God's plan for my life. Like, it's, you know, that's a beautiful thing. And, and it's definitely not going to change the character of God. It's, 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 does that make sense? I'm just trying to think out loud, you know. Yeah, it's super important, but it doesn't change God's character and who he is and his love for us and his plan for our life. And if it's supposed to change our actions, he'll be specific with us. Is prophecy always something to come? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Because I'm not really equipped to answer these prophetic questions. Because I'm, I'm not sure, honestly. And I'll just be straight up. But the people you need to talk to are like in the prayer room and in fire and fragrance. I think they could help you answer the questions. Because I, I really just don't know the answer. And I don't want to just talk out of my butt. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Okay. There is a difference between like a word of knowledge. So you're praying for someone, and you're like, yeah, I just see that, yeah, there was a really horrible relationship in your life that you just got out of, you know? And that's like a thing of the past or a thing that's like current, you know, that you, that you see that you can call out. So that's called like a word of knowledge, just to get like terminology. And, and prophecy is like forth-telling, like what we would like to see come, you know, so it's future. I just have a question from yesterday. So the whole thing, for me, what stuck out more than prophecy, time, whatever, was more of the fear of the Lord. And so application-wise from yesterday, and what God's been really putting on our hearts of the urgency of what's happening in the end times. What is your, or what is our body of the Christ application to how to walk in the fear of the Lord as a lifestyle? You know what I mean? Like, 
What does it mean to walk in the fear of the Lord? And this whole... You understand my question? So application from yesterday, what does it mean to walk in the fear of the Lord with all of this going on? Oh, yeah, I just think the answer is probably not super simple or going to come right away. Uh, yeah, but it's such, it's such a great question. Um, and I think part of the answer to your question is to make sure as a lifestyle until we die, we're always asking this question. Okay, It's a great question to always be asking, God, how does the fear of the Lord play itself out in my life? In other words, I want to have the fear of the Lord in a healthy way. And um, teach me the fear of the Lord. Teach me what it means to honor and reverence your name. And, um, yeah, we walk that out. And um, I think another thing, too, that the fear of the Lord needs to take us to is, again, revelation of the character of God. Because I think a lot of our concepts of the fear of the Lord that are yeah, it could be weird or negative based on our wrong kind of assumptions of the character of God. Um, <clears throat> if you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, Go for it. I mean, it's really. Yeah, reverence and, you know, the, the traditional com- concept is reverence for God. You know, fear of the Lord is reverence. Um, you know, I, I don't, yeah, it's, it gets really. The fear of the Lord is to love what God loves and to hate what he hates. And to understand what he loves and what he hates, you have to understand his character. To understand what he loves and what he hates, you have to understand his heart. His heart that breaks over things that are just disgusting. The, just the f- ferociousness of God and how he views sin. You know, because I think that's something that we water down in our walk with the Lord. A greater revelation of sin, which gives, gives us a greater revelation of God's grace. And I think these are a few questions that you can start asking to in, enter into the fear of the Lord. You know, I think people think it's like God's just trying to scare the crap out of you so that you get your life together. No, that's not the truth. It's an invitation to, to walk with him in a closer way, to walk in more of an upright holiness, a holiness that comes from an overflow of the love of God and understanding who he is. And then I think astonishment is a good place to start as well. So for me, like, I was just teaching in Amsterdam about creation, and I started talking about Psalm 33, and it says that God literally breathed stars out of his mouth, right? And I was just choosing one star. It's a really small one, but it's twice the size of the Earth's axis around the sun, you know? So it's gigantic, right? I mean, it's still tiny. And then it's in this, it's in a galaxy that has over 300 million different stars. And then I just started thinking of how big God is, and I was like, oh, wow, I was really advising God at one time what he should do with my life. You know what I mean? And then there wasn't a proper posture in my heart and perspective of who I am in the light of who God is. Does that make sense? And so in that place when you're astonished and in that place when you realize, okay, like, I'm, yeah, let me play my position. Because, like, you know what I mean? And I think a natural reverence should come over you. Yeah. When, you, when you're amazed by who God is, you start to realize, like, oh, wow. 
let me play my part and let me submit everything I have to him and let me walk the way according to what he's called me to walk to and let me love what he loves and hate what he hates knowing that if I do the things and just try to mirror him more that it'll take me where I need to be to help walk myself out walk, walk it out in this time and age does that help? yeah I mean it's I think it's meant to be positive and life giving you know and I grew up oftentimes I felt like the fear of the Lord subject was negative and condemning you know and it's really supposed to be positive and life-giving. And, uh, yeah, we just need to allow the Lord to take us there as we're just, you know, like, like Son of said. Yeah, loving what he loves, hating what he hates, and being just overwhelmed with how wonderful Jesus is. Yeah, overwhelmed by how good he is. Any other questions? I hope this was somewhat helpful. I think we got kind of on sidetrack, but even then that's good too, to have honest dialogue. And so you know that we don't have all the answers too, you know? And some things, I love it what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. It says, the things that God has revealed to us are for us, right? But the things that are of mystery, like that we stick in our little box here, is, is for the Lord. And it says in Proverbs that, you know, um, to conceal a matter is the glory of God. But to search it out is the glory of kings, of people. So to dive into these mysterious places, trying to search the heart of God. Because mystery is a good thing. Because you go out looking for answers, and where it leads you is to God, and to who he is, and to his, and to his character. And so mystery is a good thing. And I think as we come here, we, it's, it's a great acknowledgement that we don't have all the answers. You know? And I used to get so frustrated because Ryan and I would get in all kinds of debates about once saved, always saved. You know, like these, these somewhat gray area topics. And in the end of all of our discussion, it would just lead us back to who Jesus is and, and bring us in more astonishment of who God is because I realized like, oh, okay, I'm not equal with God. <laughs> and I realized that there's certain things that probably my brain can't understand. It would be if I tried to like teach my dog how to do calculus, right? Like, it just wouldn't work. And then it brings me to a place of like, wow, yeah, God, you're amazing. And then when you know the character of his love, it, 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 makes, it just brings security and reassurance of the whole thing already. Uh, but I think it's so healthy just to ask questions that we don't have the answers to. But does anyone have any other questions? questions? All right, great. Well, we have another secret surprise for you. So <laughs> no, um, now we're gonna we're gonna break into outreach teams again because that's what missions and evangelism all about. <laughs> your outreach teams, and and your your staff, your leaders are gonna lead you through a time. And um, I don't want to give up the secret, so I'm just gonna give them full reign to do what they think is right. In this, it's it's amazing because uh. This week, I heard the Lord speak this to me twice, but I wasn't sure if it was for this week, maybe it's for next week, or maybe it was supposed to happen later on, but as we uh, submitted this to Crystal, she was like, yeah, that's all right, and so it was like, yeah, God, there's no better way to finish this week, and I feel like the Lord has just done so much already, you know, 
He's just done so much this week. It's, it's amazing. But um, so whenever you guys are done, you could uh, come back here. Yeah, but take your time. Yeah. Yeah, so break into your outreach teams and follow your leaders.